Welcome to episode 19 of Video Drone, after a bit of a long absence that we promised we wouldn't have last time, but my name's Fraser. <laughs> and my name's Craig. Uh, this time out, hopefully this will be dropping about the time of Halloween, it's yep. actually the Saturday before. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Craig were meant to go and see Suspiria and Reanimator at the yes. Tyneside, but we couldn't get tickets because they put it on the smallest screen. Yeah, going. sold out almost immediately, wasn't yeah. it, unfortunately? Yeah, so we missed out there, but never mind. So, tonight... We're doing three films. Mm-hmm. We're doing um, Joseph Zito's The Prowler. The Prowler, yeah. And in the middle, we're going to do... Um, Dolls. Dolls, Stuart, Stuart Gordon. Gordon film. And we're actually going to watch The Fun House just now. Yeah. We're going to do a review first. We're going to watch The Fun House, Toby Hooper's film. Uh, and then he... give, give you our yeah. fresh responses. Fresh response to whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Halloween it is. Let's yeah, go. Indeed. First up this evening mm-hmm. is 1981's The Prowler, a.k.a. Yeah. Rosemary's Killer, Killer in Europe. or That's what I remember it as anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Joseph Zito, who yeah. probably is more well-known for Missing in Action, mm-hmm. Invasion USA. Yeah. There's a trend here. Um, <laughs> Red is. Scorpion with Dolph. Uh, oh, yeah. And most tellingly, though, um, Friday the 13th Part 4. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Is that the one with Crispin Glover doing the dancing? Um, you know, it's been a while since I've seen um, some of the earlier sequels, but it's but um, it's one of the part better ones. The final so. chapter, yeah, or as as it was called at the yeah, time, yeah, <laughs> hilariously. Or that much I remember, right? Um, probably yeah. most of them. That's that's definitely the the one that I'm thinking of is the final chapter of Savini. Yeah, Corey but, Feldman. Um, yeah, and Corey Feldman's the kid who's obsessed with horror movies and oh. with masks and stuff. Yeah, but I don't know about the dancing though. I'm not sure about that. I hope it is. <laughs> it's worth a watch if, if if you haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> So the Prowler, um, basically the, the the premise of this one starts off at mm-hmm. sort of a graduation dance in nineteen forty right. whatever it is, where somebody's had a dear John letter, mm-hmm. uh, but actually he comes back from the war yeah. and finds his girlfriend copping off with somebody, so he, he offers them both. And this basically, is all in the first sort of like minute or two, minutes, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like a sort of prologue to the events of the actual film, which yeah. is all modern day, and then it flashes forward. 35 years to modern yeah. day 1981 sort of mm-hmm. or whatever it is 1980 and it seems that since that kind of tragedy they've not held this dance in quite some time and they decide exactly. to do it again um exactly they decide to sort of like uh you know go back to that and have this kind of uh celebration and you know some people are opposed to it because of what's happened previously yeah. but um obviously a new a new uh string of murders kicks off as a result, as a result, yeah. and, uh, and we're like, and it's it's kind of a bit of whodunit elements. You're not really sure whether it's supernatural or not. It doesn't get and well. It's... It doesn't get much more complicated than that, really. It's just <laughs> lots of red herrings, as you expect in these sort mm-hmm. of. It's a proper slasher film. Yeah, with Tom Savini effects. Which yeah, which is probably the main selling point, really. Mm, I would say so. Yeah. Because um, other than that, it's pretty much even a cut and paste job almost. Yeah, I mean, it came out. Um, was it a bit ahead of the game, would you have said? Possibly, because Friday the 13th, the original, was 1980. This yeah. was 81. 
a lot of the a lot of the slew of um, sequels hadn't happened yet. No, um, but there so was yeah. lots of slasher films. Yeah, I mean, obviously you had Halloween prior to that. So mm-hmm. eighty one, you had the Halloween sequel, Halloween That's two, true. which was a lot more sort of slasher than Halloween because I don't class Halloween as a really as a slasher no. film because it's quite no. restrained. It is. I mean, you don't really see any blood or anything in Halloween. Very precious little. I mean, people are getting their throats cut, but you don't really see any yeah, splash. Exactly. So um, it so it's not really t- you can't necessarily tie it with the same brush as a lot of the explicit slashers something like slashers something like the burning or yeah something like that but um, but definitely in the wake of sort of the gore effects coming into vogue yeah um, so you got a lot of these well my bloody Valentines and whatnot mm-hmm. and, and things like that interesting question um, uh-huh. it harking back to Halloween did you see the post maybe you looked at many of the posters for the Prowler no other than the sort of British one which I'm right. most familiar with. Because one of the posters actually has um, a kind of uh, basically like a ripped off version of the Halloween tagline on it. Right. Uh, I've got a I've got a me note here. Um, the the tagline was the night Rosemary's killer came home. Oh right, rather than the night he, he came, came home. home yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So obviously, sort of a bit of a nod to Halloween. There, trying to tie in Halloween's market. Definitely, definitely. Um, but it's it's an unusual one because of the sort of military theme, like the killer's dressed yeah. as a soldier. So whenever the killer's out on the prowl, and that's the only time you really see him, he's all in yeah. his sort of in his green fatigues, the helmet. But he's got a sort of like mask thing pulled right. Yeah, over he his has face. a wrap over his face as well, so yeah. you can't see his actual uh, face, and he's got like kind of. So it's, it's almost like when you see the kids writing in the streets on all these different protests and stuff when they've got mm. the, the scarves pulled over their faces. But at the beginning, um, where it shows you the sort of modern day stuff and the dancers that like, announced and all that sort of stuff and yeah. you see you see the sort of guy in military fatigues grabbing all his weapons it's I mean, reminiscent that, that of is probably getting like commando getting yeah, tooled up exactly. and that. Yeah, it's like commando it's, it thing. There's like the scene where he sort of slots the uh, knife into like the sort of holder. Yeah. The sort of holster and like, you know, he's putting on his kind of jacket and everything. And zipping up and uh, I've actually got his <laughs> prowler tools up like an action hero in the late yeah, 80s. it is. It is but really the, like that's that. exactly what this guy went on to make, uh, Joseph Zito, you know, you're missing <laughs> exactly an action. Invasion USA. I bet they've all got scenes similar. similar in I'm them, sure you know? they have. Um, I mean, obviously, it's the majority of people who are getting killed are teenagers. Yeah. And obviously, in all these films. Law enforcement and stuff. Yeah, teenagers in the mid 20s. Mm-hmm. Probably, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's always, well, it's always the case. Uh, always takes... Hollywood's never really gotten away from that, have I they? Know, I mean, no. when you look at the the sort of resurgence of like um, the kind of more modern slashers and like the post modern slashers like Scream and all that, uh-huh. it's always been a twenty odd year old, sometimes even like thirty or something, yeah. playing like uh, something just, much younger. Yeah, I mean, I, was, I did actually watch Halloween again the other night, and sort of the bit where they're in the in the school and classroom, and you see Jamie Lee Curtis with what looks like a class of kids, and she's definitely in her 20s, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it really sort of like, oh, really? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I suppose we're all, we're all used to it, but... Um, we are, yeah. There's nobody of re- but, any real note in this film that I was aware of, other than Lawrence Taney, who... Worked with, with Tarantino. Tarantino as, as Joe in Joe Reservoir Cabot. Dogs, yeah. 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 Um, the Thing, as uh, Tim Roth describes it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Motherfucker I... looks just like The Thing. <laughs> um... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, one of the the main things in this film is, is the killings and the amount mm-hmm. of blood and some fantastic effects without yeah. giving too much away. Um, Definitely. Um... But but I mean, it's like the, the policeman who does all the running around in this film. At first, you think he's a bit creepy. Yeah, exactly. The the way he's introduced is so so like leery and yeah. dodgy. Because the, there's these girls uh, hanging up a sign about the uh, the dance like and. 
and he's just basically checking out the <laughs> behinds, isn't he? Yeah. And he's just like sort of leering at them. And, and he's like, he's, he's, he's the, he's the, the, he's the adult, he's the law, and he's like mucking about with these sort of, well, probably college kids, I suppose, yeah, exactly, but it's yeah. just all a bit, uh. It's, it is very creepy, and, and yet the film goes on to establish him as quite a kind of standard oh, he's, he's hero. Oh, he's the hero sort of thing. I think it's uh, maybe one of those things, of, it was acceptable in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> but he comes across as a sort of like, he reminds us a bit of a, well, he is like, I suppose for the time, a young Christopher Walken when you think about it. Mm. If you think like the deer hunter, I see he's got that sort of look about him and that. But uh, yeah, and then obviously the, 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 the proper police chief's gone on holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got to sort of look after what's going yeah. on and that. Not that they're expecting And he's trouble. basically been warned like, there's no way, no matter what happens, it better be pretty damn serious if you interrupt the, my fishing trip. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which <laughs> is probably pretty. Pretty um, typical of, the, of these films and, and stuff. Um, yeah. But, yeah, pitchfork killings, mm-hmm. bayonets. Yeah, um, bayonet through the top of the head in one scene. Yeah. Isn't that scene really strange where the kid gets killed and his eyes are kind of like right to the back of his head? So yeah, they're really rolled up into like white eyes. Yeah. Pupils, and it's really like quite visually striking and bizarre. Like yeah. It's just, sorry about that, the phone just going off. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that's the the best thing about about this film is it's all the Tom Savini effects and mm-hmm. it's what made me buy it on DVD again back in the day. I had yeah. the old preset EIV video, mm-hmm. which I think was probably zone cut. Mm. A lot of the preset stuff was. Yeah, it, I mean even the trailer was really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it does. If I rewatched the uh, trailer that was on the DVD that you, that, uh, you lent us, and it does in fact show quite a bit in the trailer. I think a lot of those ones did. Yeah. We're trying to, you know, show you sort of, sort of some of the money up on screen and some of the effects and that again. Yeah. In, uh, and, in I the ca- and I always thought it's modern trailers. I always complain about for showing you too much. Yeah. But trust us, it's all, all trailers as well. Um, but I mean, watching it again, it was, uh, it's a bit of a slog to get through, I suppose. Uh, because really that's all you're waiting for is the effects because everything else is fairly pedestrian. Mm. It's okay. It, 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 Compared to another film I'm going to watch, it's it's heads heads above it, heads head and yeah. shoulders above it. But even then, it's sort of like it's average. I mean, I don't know yeah. where, where where do you think it figures in slasher films? Um, all time, I'd say it's kind of average. I mean, yeah, some of my favorite slashers are the ones that sort of have like some kind of uh, how can I put it convention defying kind of things in them where yeah. it you doesn't it doesn't do all the things the normal slasher does, has good effects and has something like a bit more interesting about it like one that i really like is the burning and i think that actually does have um besides having really strong savini effects like this one mm. it's kind of um, stronger I it's would like say. yeah only yeah, yeah much stronger yeah um it's kind of like probably the best kind of like non sort of franchise like mm-hmm. uh, slasher because it's got a pretty decent setup and it's not sort of like well why are you well going, go, why are you going in that dark room and things like that and yeah. it's kind of some of it's in broad daylight isn't that's, it that's that's right yeah. quite a lot of it is in broad daylight as a matter yeah. of fact there's a there's quite a few good aspects of that like but i don't really feel like the prowler does a lot to like defy convention it's no. i was entertained throughout watching it. I, I wouldn't say i was really bored watching it no um but it's it is kind of pedestrian in the way that, like, well, it's 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 basically there's there's not a great deal that you haven't seen before. No, other than sort of different ways of killing people. Yeah, yeah, and Pit, that's what you it don't see many pitchforks. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it boils down to. Um, but no, um, I think it's worth it's, it is worth your time if you get to see it. 
but I wouldn't recommend running out and chasing down a Blu-ray no. copy. And there's, there's a couple of sort of awkward attempts at like uh, at comedy and a few really daft bits like that bit where the guy's on the phone mm-hmm. and he's like um, he pretends to get up and see where one of the one of the other uh, oh yeah is. the guy at the, and yeah. he's just making like noises to make on that he's going uh, to like go and yeah, sort of check, it going out. To check it out yeah he's the guy at the, at the motel mm-hmm. when they're sort of the deputy's ringing up for the police chief and they're like oh is he there and he just sits there and just like makes noises and in the yeah, phone and that. Like, and, the ages no, later, he comes back to the phone. He's like, he's not there. Not there. <laughs> but there's there's no real uh, explanation for the killer's motivation once the killer is revealed at the end. Which I, I know it's like there's, there's no, none of this sort of like if it wasn't for you meddling kids and yeah, there's no, no there's no real like insight into why he did it. Not uh-huh. even like in England, really. You can only really make your own assumptions, I suppose. It does have, however, a fantastic exploding head effect at the end. Yeah, that is magnificent. It it's is, like that is. Worth worth the price of entry, I suppose. Um, <laughs> um, if you liked uh, this, if you like those those sorts of like really kind of in your face effects, you'll enjoy that. Yeah, it's up there with Maniac. Yeah, Maniac has a great moment like that, which is another Savini effect. Dawn of the Dead had a fantastic one, and yeah. a non Savini one, which was pretty yeah uh, in your face as well, uh, with somebody's head exploding. Was Evil Speak? Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's quality. That. So there, there you go. Our guide to exploding heads. <laughs> <laughs> so. That so you don't the... get your money's worth on this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll wrap up the prowler. So an average slasher, mm-hmm. um, but we've, I've offensive. Seen, I've seen worse. Bad. Good effects. I don't know. It's kind of offensive with some of the effects. <laughs> I've got, uh, yeah. Depends on your point of view. <laughs> yeah, um, with a sort of inoffensive to our crowd. Aye. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah, like I say, we'll uh, we'll move on. Mm-hmm. By the way, have you seen Blade Runner yet? Yes, we, I certainly haven't. It was yeah. fantastic. Excellent, wasn't it? Really enjoyed it. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Blade Runner 2049, if you haven't seen it, yeah. go and check it out. Cause While it's, it's still probably, in the cinema. It's better than you might think it is. And see it on the biggest screen possible. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Anyway. Right, so what do you want to do now? Do we going to do dolls or we're going to watch phone house? Do um, dolls? We could do dolls. We'll yeah. do dolls. Okay. So next up, dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart Gordon. Yes, 1987. Yeah. So, um, bearing in mind... Mm-hmm. Stuart Gordon, director of Reanimator, fantastic. From Beyond, also Excellent. fantastic. Yeah, um, Dagon, which I quite like. I haven't seen that. Um, one, so. Another Lovecraft one. A lot of his movies are based on Lovecraft because he's a big fan. Yeah. Um, so this one, however, <laughs> good pedigree there. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, and this um, one on paper again, director Stuart Gordon, creepy pro- premise, producer. In- Brian Usner, yeah, Sims mm-hmm. Reanimator, mm-hmm. who also but, directed the sequel Bride of Reanimator, right. which is decent as well. But unfortunately, it's a Charles Band production. Yeah, now anyone well. who knows Charles Band will instantly have alarm bells ringing <laughs> because he makes some incredibly cheap films. Mm-hmm. Um, and while that doesn't necessarily always mean uh, poor results, the cast in a lot of his films are generally uh, not too great, no. shall we say? No. And that's definitely the case here. Can you um, set up the plot of the film? I am basically what, what little plot there is. Basically, <laughs> I can hear the disdain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can hear the disdain in your voice already. Uh-huh. Um, basically, it's about uh, a very dysfunctional family of like a stepfather and um, daughter and step. So it's real dad. Yeah, it's a real father. Real dad, stepmother, stepmother, and uh, the daughter Judy. Um, she's a kid with like really overactive imagination. The car breaks down outside. Um, an old couple's house. Yeah, well, sort of mansion um, type things. Like a sort of big mansion. 
and um, they basically like seek and shelter from storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sort of go inside, like could pretty much break in, really. Yeah, I mean, they, do, they don't. Yeah. They don't break and enter. But there's somewhere that's open, but they get in and to kind of shelter themselves, and then they find the old couple like uh, come down into the basement, mm-hmm. find them there, and like say, you know. We'll invite you to stay because it's rough out there. Yeah, so it's a um, storm and that. Yeah. That's right. So the the um, the old uh, couple are actually like uh, doll makers. Is it Gabriel and Hillary? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're actually doll makers, but um, it's not long before weird things start happening. Yeah. Clearly, as you might have expected, uh, the dolls aren't quite what they seem. <laughs> I'll put that in there. <laughs> um. So also. The same night, actually, the the pass them at the start. There's a couple of hitchhikers get picked up by another guy, mm-hmm. um, and then they sort of end up somehow yeah. at the mansion as well. They just That's sort right. of they, they they sort of knock on the door and they're invited in to stop over. This kind of young guy in two kind of punk classes. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. Um, so therefore, you've got all oh, right. You've got enough there for a body count for them. You think? Yeah, pretty much. Um, Before we go into like <laughs> what actually transpires in the plot. Uh huh. <laughs> Probably one of my favourite bits in the film is a bit. It's actually imaginary. Yes, it's the it's best opening. bit of the film. Yeah, it is. Like, because at the beginning, as we've as we discussed, uh, and that the kid um, has a really like poor relationship with um, with the stepmother. Be, like the dad's an arsehole as well. Yeah, All the characters right. like there's only it's only the young guy and the actual doll maker and his um, wife. The fat Sean Aston. Yeah, he is. He's very much like the Sean Aston, isn't he? That's quite funny. I thought that as well. That's uh, Sean Aston of the Lord of the Rings films. Yeah, and the Goonies. Goonies yeah. yeah, he does very much resemble him. It's got written down there, fat Sean Aston guy. <laughs> a lot of the characters are unlikable. You know, the the stepmother and the dad. The real dad is a really horrible father. Mm-hmm. He's really neglectful, neglectful, and like the kid, like like loves him regardless. But like the the stepmother is. Is just a total horror. Yeah. She's awful to the kid. And at the beginning, she throws a, a bear. She throws the little bear and Judy's bear into the woods. And um, she sort of like storms off. She's like, you've got to come now. We've got no time to get your bear and everything. And then she imagines the bear turning into a kind of demonic sort of monster. Well, like a, like a giant sort of... Kind of werebear. Werebear, yeah. <laughs> that like rips her limb from limb and then yeah. kills the dad as well. Uh-huh. So that even though she seems to like love her dad, she clearly has resentment towards him. She imagines him getting torn apart. And um, there's this quite effective and creepy bit where, she, where like uh, she claws at the bear's face and pulls some of the fur off and it's yeah. got a really horrible demonic face underneath. Uh-huh. But then she just snaps out of it and it, it was just imagining it was in her head. Yeah. That was your favourite bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and unfortunately, it's all downhill from there. Really, it certainly it? is. Well, I mean, one thing about the film: the special effects are, are pretty good. Yeah, knowing it's low budget, there's a bit of sort of um, I was going to say CGI, but stop motion, stop motion, and it's, yeah. it is quite effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, sort of some of the, the gorier bits are, are quite well done as well. Yeah, some of them we are, like our stop of, motion, don't we? Even yeah. though it's kind of dated, it's like, really now dated to many now. People. But you know, somebody's taken a hell of a long time to do that. Exactly, it's uh, it's like the Harryhausen stuff. You know, you really appreciate that. The, yeah, like I've always really liked the sort of stop motion bit and the Evil Dead and Basket Case and stuff. And mm-hmm. like you know, a lot of people might kind of might sort of like balk at that now and sort of like chuckle about it. But Basket it, pit Case is pretty bad, though. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> but is. It's, but I, I but it's kind of charming, it. though. Yes. Yeah. Like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like effort went into that, and uh, I kind of appreciate that. You know, even. And at the end of the day, low, the low-budget films that um, they couldn't do them any other way at the time. So obviously, for a lot of this film, you've got these dolls that are sort of coming to life, and mm-hmm. a lot of it is where yeah. the sort of 
somebody looks at a door, then looks away, then look again, and either the door's not there or the eyes are starting to move. And yeah, things like there's that. lots of scenes of the eyes following people and stuff. Yeah, and it is heads. creepy, like, I mean, in, in kind of like effective in that way, but it's just. The premise is a good premise, but the, to make it an old dark house film as well, it's just. Yeah, a bit like yeah, it's kind of typical. Very typical, but I mean, again, it's 1987. I hadn't knew nothing about the film other than it had a crap video cover. Which mm. always put us off. Mm. I'd only seen about two pictures in Fangoria about it, and mm. there wasn't actually much of a write up about the film itself. Um, so I knew nothing of it. So I, I did kind of have high hopes, but then I did see Charles Band's name there, and I thought, and your heart sank. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the worst things of the film is the, the music. It's continuous, and it is sort of di- dictates the film all the way along. It's yeah. really. Mm. It could have just done with a few quiet bits. It could have, yeah, you're right. Um, it's horrible, mm-hmm. and like the actors, other than the old couple and the kid, yeah, uh, basically, and you can't really say anything nasty about big fat Sean Aston, but even he sort of flips at one point. But no, yeah. it's just terrible, and the two British punk girls in it are so irritating. Aren't they? Irritating. Like... They're about five years out of date for being punks or whatever. Mm. It's just like. I suppose one's a bit Madonna-y, I suppose. Yeah, but even then, that's about two or three years out of date. <laughs> and it's just, oh, the accent's great. And it's like, oh, I want to see them die. Maybe that was the point, I don't know. Um, but no, oh, it's just... There are so many, like, utterly hilarious things that aren't supposed to be funny in it, though. Like, I laughed so much at certain points of it because they were so bad. Yeah. Like, for example, some of the really, like, um, ridiculously delivered dialogue per- especially when people are shouting mm. there's loads of scenes when people scream maniacally for no apparent reason like for example there's a there's a bit where like um obviously you've mentioned like and as as you would have expected like the dolls come to life and start to attack people and you know that's the whole kind of like second half of the movie but there's a bit where um the jester oh it's mr punch isn't it Oh yeah, because he, he's we, gifted to the girl by the, by... the doll maker. The sort of kind because the the funny thing about the movie is that the doll maker and his wife are actually a kindly sort of nice couple, and they're yeah. kind of like testing people. Is the point of the movie? Yeah, they're kind of testing people, and the the sort of bastards they basically kill. Yeah, and the nice people they leave alone. Uh huh. So anyway, there's a, there's the scene where the dad, who is as we discussed, not a bastard, mm-hmm. is like fighting with Mister Punch, who comes to life and like attacks him. And he, and he smashes his face with, like, a mallet. Yeah. And he's, like, kind of laughing maniacally, saying, ha, 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 fix that. Yeah. And he's, like, really, like, over-the-top crazy. And it's just this bit where he's, like, uh, he, what does he say again? <laughs> Fuck you, clowny. At <laughs> 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 the top of his yeah. face. And then there's another bit where the uh, the fat John Aston guy at the end of the movie wakes up, thinking it's all been a dream, and he just wakes up and screams at the top of his lungs, the killer dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, it's just no, and it's completely ridiculous. So I mean, the, the sort of the whole little possessed doll things—they've got like mm. things in them, haven't they? Yeah, that's that's one of the things I actually liked about the film was that, like, there's a scene where the, a lot of the dolls are attacking um, Judy and the sort of uh, and the the like young guy who brings the two hitchhikers, the the one we've been referring to as Sean Patchon asking. Yeah, <laughs> I clearly don't remember his character name, but um. But the thing is, is when they smash the dolls' faces, they have like a kind of skeleton underneath, and like some yeah. of them have like kind of weird, sort of like um, almost like kind of moving, like sort of flesh, like mm-hmm. beneath the 
Yeah. Well, there is a scene where um, they discover one of the punk glasses and she's been turned into a kind of living doll. Yeah. And at the end, in the finale, they transform um, the dad into the new Mr. Punch after he kills Mr. Punch and yeah. turns him into him. Uh-huh. And basically shrinks him and turns him into a tiny doll. Not explained whether it's by magic or yeah, I know that's another or anything. Yeah. It just he just like he injects him or something, doesn't he? Uh-huh, I think so. He injects him or something, and then he starts to shrink and he turns it as doll. No real explanation. No. But there's this kind of thing where at the end of the movie, he basically um, says something along the lines of how there's something to like to suggest that they're testing people mm-hmm. and the sort of people who are utter bastards they kill and turn into dolls, okay. and that they have to kind of somehow prove themselves by being. A doll and being a loyal companion to a child to like, yeah, to sort of uh, to go do God knows what. It doesn't really explain. It's just like sort of tales I didn't expect or something daft like that. Really, it's sort of to me. It would have been better as a twenty minute zone episode, like uh, yeah, a twenty minute uh, half episode anthology in an amicus film in the seventies sort of thing. It's yeah, no way an eighty four minute or whatever it is. I mean, there's feature. a few decent sort of like you know creepy kind of doll and puppet movies and things that are they're all right, but like. A lot of them are sort of short watchers, you know. They don't yeah. really like sort of. They like eighty minute no jobs. Play. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not. No, that's uh, the daddy of them, I suppose. Now, mm. out of all of them, there's the most enduring one, and the one with all well, the best sequels as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, totally. And for my money, anyway, it's probably one of the best uh, sort of continuing franchises because I like almost every sequel that Aye. they've made. Right. Okay. And there's no other horror there's franchise an, I can say that about. There's a new one out now, isn't there? Yeah, I haven't seen. That's the only one I haven't no. seen yet. Yeah. Um, no. Just no. <laughs> no, just say no. Yeah. Um, if anyone asks you to watch yeah, dolls, if, just if say no. If you see it at the car boot sale, don't bother. Um, there's nothing... Good premise, um, but well, just not delivered upon. Just... Like, well, like you know, like a sort of creepy premise, not yeah. necessarily oh, the, the doll, the, not original. The dolls part, you can see where they were going for, yeah. for with the sort of the old sort of Victorian dolls mm. and whatnot. I think they'd have been more interesting if they'd ex- if it had a bit more mythology and a bit more explanation. Like you know, the fact that it explained why he was kind of testing people or how we know they needed to kind of prove sort themselves of morality sort of tale and that yeah way. and also like if you kind of knew a bit more about how the dolls were actually created because like you say there's that bit where the faces get smashed and you see like kind of skeleton or like flesh underneath but it doesn't necessarily look and, human but does it they just haven't sort of made enough mistake there you know sometimes things aren't enough. said in films yeah. but you're like oh I'm, I'm curious but this one you're just like <coughs> no nah, forget it right okay I think we better move on to the fun house mm, all right well, there, but just don't bother watching them, folks. Moving swiftly on. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> okay, so we uh, <laughs> we've just sat and watched Funhouse, mm-hmm. Toby Hooper's uh, nineteen eighty one film. Yeah. Which was, well, after watching that, it did make itself onto the uh, video nasties list very shortly. Mm. Why I don't know. Yeah. Maybe just the sort of uh, knee-jerk reaction to horror films at the time, possibly. Yeah, but of all the films, very odd, because I, th- I think it's quite tame. I could say that being mm. a 15 now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, better set up the story. Yeah, sure. Uh, basically, four horny kids get locked in the... Well, on purpose, get locked in the fun house at the car- yeah. tra- travelling carnival it's overnight. kind of dare each other to sort of stay yeah. in the fun house overnight. Just because they want to cop off with each other. Pretty much, <laughs> and they're also apparently somebody's friend did it once before. Yeah, um, and it's kind of like almost like well, if they did it, then you know maybe we should as well. But um, yeah, unusual film in many respects. Um, it's a good setting for the film, mm-hmm. and basically, you get of, a lot of mileage out of the creepy mannequins and puppets and animatronics yeah, and stuff, and the sleazy carnival barkers. 
Yeah. Um, who's all played by the same guy. Like, seemingly, just a yeah, uh-huh. slightly different kind of, like... Uh, get up sort of Get thing. up and prosthetics. Maybe, like, yeah. a, like some prosthetic hair and a bit of, like, a tan on one of them. Yeah. To make uh-huh. them look a bit different, possibly. But, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a funny little film because it's kind of... You can see there's been a bit of money spent on it. Yeah. It's I mean, a it's, universal film. Mm-hmm, um, f- quite a bit of production value. Mm-hmm. Um, but they make the most out of the, the sort of the carnival because I mean the film is sort of pretty much all eighty five ninety percent of it's yeah. Set there. There's a scene where um the the sort of girl uh, the main character like kind of like uh, leaves home and's like all right I'm going out and we're going to I'm going, going to the movies, movies and, yeah and uh, there's like you know there's a scene where the boyfriend picks her up mm-hmm. but for the most part it's already set at the carnival but they don't get round to like actually um. You know, sleeping in the front house overnight until like uh, about forty minutes it's in, about 40, 30, odd, forty odd minutes yeah, in, yeah. So like that's so it's quite a way in. So you, you know, you have all these scenes of them going around the attractions and things, and and also the kid brother like follows them out. Well, doesn't they? Which, I was just thinking about that. There at the start of the film, the kid brother's like horror mad. He's got all these posters of Frankenstein and the Wolfman loads on the of wall, masks and stuff. And he chases the the, the the sort of the heroine of the film. I mean, she's in the shower, and he. Goes in after with a clown mask, a, with a clown mask and a rubber knife sort of thing, uh-huh. which is freaky behaviour anyway. Yeah, and then sort he, of reminiscent of Halloween a little bit. Yeah, and he kind of sort of follows the them. The opening to, of Halloween, in case you've noticed. Yeah, yeah, very much like that. He kind of follows them to the to the um, the park. Mm-hmm. Well, I missed the park, the, the actual carnival. But then that really sort of doesn't go anywhere because he yeah. sort of ends up passing out, and then the parents yeah. come. And it's, it's only as a setup for the parents to be there. And it's really strange the that they don't really do anything with the kid for the whole kind of movie. I was expecting um, the kids to be somewhat instrumental in like the plot. I thought that he was going to come and help them towards the end or something, mm. or like, or he would at least like end up in the funhouse locked in with them mm-hmm. in some way, or you know, be being stalked as well. But it, but it doesn't really factor in the film at all. It's it just sort of doesn't really go anywhere. In I mean, that, in that regard, I mean, obviously, what happens to the uh, teenagers is they're in peril, and that—that's the whole point of the film. But uh-huh. in terms of the kid, it, it's there's just no real point in him being in it, besides oh. the kind of fake scare of a uh, being attacked in the shower, and it's obviously like yeah. uh, rubbing knife. And it just that. sort of doesn't really go anywhere. Um, I mean, the kids end up in peril because they do actually witness a murder. Yes. Of mm-hmm. um, the sort of um, the fortune, fortune teller, teller come prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> At the hands of Frankenstein, or a, a fellow who's wearing a Frankenstein mask, anyway. Yeah, um, we won't the, give too much away. Well, yeah. should we? Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. So, the the son um, of one of the carnival barkers. Yeah, of, who seems to be the kind of owner of like the um, the sort of whole um, the whole kind of like uh, carnival. Um, he has a sort of well, like a, how we put it, like a son with like a sort of disability. who's a bit like or well, deformity. Deformity. Yeah. yeah. And he's super you see exaggerated, him, though. Yeah, you see him like sort of slavering through his mask and kind of squealing and things, um, in a way that's kind of reminiscent of like Leatherface and Texas Chainsaw Mask. Yeah, but you kind of suspect early on there's something wrong because of the noises he's making. The fact he doesn't really talk, mm-hmm. and like say he's, he's sort of slavering through the mask and he's always got this mask on, um, and the the sort of uh, fortune teller who's, who basically pays to like sort of. Uh, Sleep with her, like um, she keeps on saying, "You're going to take a mask." All right, okay, then leave it on, sort of thing. If you mm-hmm. if you feel more comfortable, so you it gives you that setup that there's something wrong with him. Yeah, but his actual face though is a lot more like 
monstrous. It's not like a deformity like the Mountain Men or something like The Hills of Eyes or Wrong Turn. Yeah. He actually looks more like something like a vampire. Like, yeah, it's like more of a monster monster more like rather an than sort monster of, yeah. rather than like something that could be a birth deformity. Uh-huh. So it's kind of weird because it, cause it, cause because even his hands are, are like a monster's hands. Kind of like Nosferatu like, yeah. really. It's, uh-huh. uh, like, you know, so, the original 20s movie. It's are, a good um, makeup design but it doesn't work in the context of the film. Yeah, it's funny that because it's got elements of the kind of like of the sort of um, sinister kind of family like in inbred kind of family genre like the likes of Hill of Eyes, Hills of Eyes or Wrong Turn or something like that or Texas Chainsaw um, or Texas Chainsaw more appropriately since this is also a Toby Herber yeah um, but it has like the makings of a monster movie because of the way he looks and um, it's sort of like neither are really and do you think it gets revealed a bit too quick Possibly, yeah. Because he gets revealed, then he sort of slinks back into the shadows for a long, a long time. Yeah, that's right. Like, and then you get flashes. That's that's right. There's also there's that there's that scene where um, the kind of heroine's running and there's all and she's seeing loads of freaky things in the front house, all the kind of marionettes and sort of animatronics and things, and it's interspersed with flashes of the kind of kid's nightmarish face like popping out at you. Um, but it's it's funny because, like you say, you know, maybe it is revealed a little bit too quickly. Yeah. Um, and also, but it, I mean, it's a good makeup, but it it doesn't particularly like move very well. It's no, like kind of a it's, static. It's, it looks like a, face, a mask, like a, yeah, or like a, a really, really good, good mask. Yeah, or something. yeah. Um, I mean, good design though. Another aspect of the film is it does sort of kind of follow a sort of slasher pattern, mm-hmm. as in the the heroine of the film is like, oh, you're still a virgin, sort of thing. So mm-hmm. it really falls into that sort of territory. Although 1981 was a bit early before people yeah. actually called it. Yes, the, on that the sort exactly. of the final girl type uh, that thing. And that. That's a term that hadn't really been coined back then. Yeah. Was, I mean, it was that was over like over like that, fifteen years. But ago, even so, that's still sort of mm. it's a funny sort of blend of, of that of using the carnival setting and, and the sort of slasher film, yeah. but with a monster in, involved, like a proper that's monster. Right. Because there's a time lapse though, and there's the scene where um, they're sort of like both like kind of making out, and one of them's got a bra off and stuff. Yeah, I don't know if it's supposed to suggest that they actually did sleep together those two or whether they didn't or they got interrupted because it could be afterwards well as I comment to you I said oh he's, he's just getting the first base there and he's getting interrupted <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is because like um, because she's sort of putting her bra on and is that enough prison, was she getting redressed anyway yeah that's true. the thing so you don't know whether the sort of final final girl um, sort of heroine is like a virgin or not by the by end, the end so. yeah so that could be somewhere that it uh, slightly kind of defies the uh Genre, but there's a few unusual things in it. Uh-huh. There's a couple of um, there's a couple of uh, unusual things in it. like there's a few times where you think, oh, I know what's going to happen here, and you're proven totally right. But then there's a couple of bits where you're like, yeah. oh right, I didn't expect that. To but that only becomes, I mean, suppose if you watch the film at the time, Try you'd be like, yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, <laughs> if you watch the film at the time, obviously you didn't know all the tropes of the genre and True. you know what would what in would be going on. It would have yeah. been a lot more fresh than this. Yeah. I mean, but it's kind of like there's a an axe in the head, but it's surprisingly sort of dry. Yeah. Mm. Um, which again, you it's know, if that had been if that had been all. super bloody, I'd understand it being sort of like nearly getting on the video nasty sort of list. But it's there's not really not, a lot of violence. Not I mean, that bad. I don't know what it is over here now. Probably is a fifteen. I would have thought. I think it is a fifteen because I already stood a couple of years ago. Right. I'm pretty sure the Blu-ray was a fifteen. Fifteen. Then. Yeah. But, but I mean, um, back in the day, with a totally misleading cover, because we mentioned that as well, the video yeah. cover from back in the day. There's like a sort of clown with an axe or something on the like, cover. Or yeah, like sort of coming towards or you. Or some, lo- some sort of weapon kind yeah. of looming out. And um, 
you know, the only sort of clowns and kind of people in creepy costumes that are actually like, you know, dolls and marionettes and like animatronics and stuff. Yeah, because it's like, so, well, it's called the fun house, but I suppose it's what it's like. Uh, it's like a ghost, kind of, ghost ride well, over here. It'd be like yeah. a ghost train over here, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, and there's there's all sorts of creepy things in there, skeletons and all that sort of thing. But um, in terms of people dressed in a sort of freaky way, it's only really the, the, there's like a guy in one scene is doing a, um, a kind of uh, act where he gets uh, an assistant up on stage and he puts her in a coffin and oh, he the stooge, puts in, yeah. yeah and he puts like a sort of knife through it and into her. Uh huh. Stick, yeah. Yeah, there's I, I like sort of sticks. He's talking about Vlad the Impaler, yeah. And he's kind of dressed like kind of like you know he's kind of like dressed like kind of like sort of dragon. The count, type of, yeah. Yeah. But there's no. But real... he's like smoking and drinking all the time. He's always <laughs> yeah. got a cigarette in his hand. Loads of smoking in this film for some the reason. The are totally bizarre as yeah. well. Like the guy who's like uh, alive, alive, alive. He's saying yeah. all because they actually visit the visit a freak show. So the cow you see, which is a real, it's got like a cleft, yeah, cleft head sort of mm-hmm. face thing, and that's kind of a bit like the monster that you see later on. The, the yeah. Sort of uh, the True. monster of the film. So that's sort of foreshadowed there. Also, there's um. And there's also like in that same scene a bit where they see this like deformed baby in a jar. And you think they're saying, "Oh, it's a special. It's a prop." It's like sort a prop. Well, but you find out it, later on that it's, that's a real deal. Yeah, that it's actually like the kind of freaky monster kids, like a uh, dead brother. Yeah. So there's, there's. It's a funny um, little film because it it mixes all these different things together. I think in some ways it's quite effective um, in terms of like the setting and the fact that it's quite well directed, but ultimately. Is it more of a TV movie, do you think? I don't Cause know. Because bearing in mind, I think, I don't know, he probably just came off the back of Salem's Lot. Well, I mean, Universal made it, so mm. it's, um, I mean, I, I'm guessing it got a cinema release. Yeah, oh, yeah, it did, it did. And it certainly like, looks like he spent some money on it for, for a sort of horror movie at the yeah, time. Yeah, some big crane shots and stuff, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Mm. But um, it's funny, though, the, the the whole thing about the, like, But it is only one setting, really, isn't it? Yeah. Which uh, they make, make the most out of. I just still still feel like it's really weird the fact that subplot of the kid like goes nowhere. It's such an odd thing to like yeah, put to, in to and... set it all up. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's very strange overall, but um, entertaining though. I mean, I was I was like thoroughly entertained by it. I feel like it was a little bit of a better movie than The Prowler. Yeah. Yeah, I'm certainly better than Dolls. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well, we'll get one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's not talk about that again, please. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think that's the best of the bunch tonight, then. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's uh, it's an interesting film. If you've, I mean, for Toby Hooper fans, that'll be, if you've never seen it before, uh, check it out. Um, not the best of his films by a long shot. I mean, that's always going to be the... Um, Sort of honor of uh, Texas Chainsaw and Salem's Lot. Yeah, by far his two strongest films. Oh yeah, definitely. In fact, we should maybe talk about Toby Hooper a little bit because there's a recent reveal about one of his films that you've always suspected, wasn't there? Yeah, uh huh. Poltergeist. Um, Poltergeist was. Uh, if if you don't know much about the background of Poltergeist, obviously Spielberg uh, had some involvement with it. Most producer. Yeah. This producer uh, has recently revealed that Toby Hooper didn't, in fact, direct it, and it was. Spielberg directed it, but because of a contractual obligation, an ET coming out as well, yeah, he couldn't actually direct another film, so he basically got his mate uh, Hooper to sort of um, pretend that it was him, which um, apparently was outed by somebody who was a kid on the set, uh, and he like um, he had mentioned something about it, and then like uh, Spielberg had confirmed about it. I don't think he'd out and out said that, but he'd implied it, Mm -hmm. and then Spielberg was asked about it, and he says, well. Since it's a long time ago now, I think I can actually tell yeah, you uh-huh. finally once and for all that it wasn't. Um, uh-huh. and it was a bit of a ruse, but it's interesting that because 
it's something you've always um, sort of suspected because you were saying about it being much more like a Spielberg film in terms of how uh, it's always made. has been, yeah. And it's it isn't like um, it's it's you know it's not like sort of strictly speaking like um, a horror movie in in terms of like the sort of film Hooper would make either. I think it's PG in the states. Exactly, yeah. Well, I mean, even though I think it's quite a, it's quite strong in parts. It's great, yeah. I mean that bit where the guy rips his own face off yeah. particularly is uh-huh. pretty disturbing. Definitely. But um, yeah, so interesting, interesting aside and piece of trivia there. Um. But, uh, but I enjoyed the fun house. I think it was like. Um, it's an unusual film. It's certainly, um, it's certainly a bit of a mixed bag in many ways. But it was, it was entertaining, and uh, I'm glad I finally seen it. I mean, I'm pretty sure that I did watch it many moons ago when I was really young. I think I, I probably like couldn't barely remember it. I think because I feel like I've seen it. I do. I remember. saw it a long time ago. I think my brother it, rented it years and it, ago. It's played a lot better just there than than I remember it. And because I, I think mm. at the time, because I thought, oh, it's it's a video nasty. So I was expecting a zombie, like zombie, gore and zombie flesh eaters or whatever, you know what I mean? You know, it's something from that era which was like really yeah, in yeah. your face. Uh-huh. Whereas and it's a, just more like a kind of... It's a nice little pot boiler really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much. Like That's a, that's a very good description, but I mean, pot boiler. Getting back to Toby Hooper, I mean, oh, there's not many films of his that I would really go to. I like other than Life the ones we've already well. mentioned. But Life Force, I was just going to say, well... In Life Force from, is a B-movie writ large. It's really... Ridiculous but fun, and really but he must campy. have been cooked out of his head by then, because yeah, I think he, he, it's well well documented that he was uh, he, had, he had a fondness for the old uh, drugs really? and whatnot. I didn't yeah. know that. Uh-huh. But um, what I was going to say though is that despite being a canon film, it actually looks great, which is uh... I I think they had proper effects <laughs> guys on, on that it, and, that, and Matilda is it Matilda May mm-hmm. and uh, Jean Luc Picard's in there somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, um, including a really weird scene where he uh, where he snogs a guy because he's possessed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because that's the way that yeah, they all sort of like, the, yeah, he's like take over people. Because it's uh, space vampires, isn't it? it Pretty much Colin Wilson novel or wherever it was. Yeah, and um, there's uh, there's that great scene where they visit the sort of uh, vampire planet, and there's like all the kind of like really like uh, weird looking bats, the kind of alien bats. Mm. <laughs> it's a Gonzo film, but I it's bet those effects though. don't really hold up so good now. But you'd like you'd appreciate it though, if you know what I mean, because it looked proper. I watched cheesy. it on Blu-ray um, when it came out from Arrow a couple of years ago. Have um, you got it? On I've Blu-ray. got it. Yeah, love it. All right, Matt, it's uh, it might be a one to, to review at some point, but um, it's just uh, it's kind of like um, so kind of deliriously. Mad, it's just so enjoyable. Oh, yeah. I, I it's really proper, like apocalyptic by the end, yeah. It? it is yeah. like it's like it's it's a strange setting as well because a lot of these kind of apocalyptic movies, um, you know, they generally got like an American setting or somewhere else, but it's, it's London, London though, it? yeah. And yeah. it's like sort of you know, space vampires uh, taking over London, crazy premise. Yeah. But it's like they've got all the kind of landmark shots in there and that like Big Ben and all that sort of stuff, and gotta be done, you know, naked sort of uh, vampire babes and things, and bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> Right then, well, uh, definitely sold that one to you. Yeah, oh yeah, again, again. <laughs> um, I think we'll wrap it up now. Mm-hmm. Next time we should come back with Lone Wolf and Cub, as promised previously. Yes, indeed. We've already started watching them. Probably have to watch them again now More because than it's been been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, the first two are not a problem, but the rest mm-hmm. of them get a bit more dense and heavily plotted. Yes, I think from three um, onwards, there's a lot more plot. Yeah. Really. but uh, yeah, so we'll be back soon. We promise. Well, we always promise, but we'll never do. But we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll make we'll make more of an effort. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So um, until next time, um, yeah, we'll see you soon. See you soon.